The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welzer. You are listening to episode 137 of the podcast. Today is Friday morning, April the 26th. Very unusual day to have the podcast, and that's just because I've been really busy. Had family in town and holiday and everything like that. Hope everybody had a very enjoyable Easter Sunday. I hope you didn't have too many chocolate hangovers on Monday morning this week. Solo episode today, um, but if you're craving some Jeff the Animal Wilson in your life, fear not, I have some bonus content in store for you guys that I'll tack on to the end of this episode that we recorded while he was down here in Florida last week. We uh, sampled a little bit of disgusting rum and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it later. So I wanted to get a quick episode in this week because there's a lot going on. First of all, I didn't get a chance to break down UFC Fight Night 149 from St. Petersburg, Russia last week. Uh, which was a, a really awesome card. And I wanted to point some things out to you guys in case you missed it or, you know, maybe you didn't see every fight. So I want to make sure to go over that. And then I also wanted to get an episode in because I don't know if I'm going to be able to do one on Sunday because in a couple of hours I'm going to be driving to Fort Lauderdale to go see UFC Fight Night 150 in Sunrise, Florida, actually, which is right outside Fort Lauderdale. So I wanted to definitely talk about that card and break it down. Uh, really excited to go to a UFC event live again. It's been a little while, uh, so I'll be, you know, tweeting and interacting on social media live from that but before we get into that let's uh let's rewind let's go back to fight night 149 so this was an interesting main event Alistair Overeem and Alexi Olenek uh Olenek man this guy 45 wins by submission or something crazy like that uh that's as many wins as Overeem has in his whole career uh that's how many people this guy has submitted which it is an outstanding accomplishment. I mean, this guy is a submission machine. Fought as low as middleweight, and now, uh, you know, he's been just wrecking it at heavyweight in the UFC. Uh, older guy, and they're just putting him in there with people they think are going to destroy him, and he's submitting people off his back. He's submitting people while he's mounted at 41 years old. You know, he's not a huge heavyweight either. It looks like he carries a lot of extra weight. That's probably why he was able to get down to middleweight in the past. But, you know, he walks around like 235. So he gets in there with Overeem. And this was an interesting fight. Uh, because these two had a tremendous amount of respect for each other. I don't know if they trained together in the past or, or what the relationship was there um, behind the scenes. But 
you know, the, these guys were very respectful towards each other. And then the fight starts, and it, it got off to kind of a weird start. Olenek pulls guard. It, you know, not a terrible move. You would think he wouldn't want to stand with Overeem, you know, former K1 Grand Prix champion, uh, just beast of a kickboxer. I mean, I think Overeem has just been around so long. I think a lot of people forget how accomplished this guy is and how amazing his striking is. I really think that gets overlooked sometimes. You know, sometimes you just think he's this monstrous heavyweight, um, but he's actually a really skilled striker. So, uh, Olnick pulls guard. Okay. Um, normally, I don't condone this kind of behavior, as many of you well know, but if you're Alexi Olenek and you're submitting guys off your back the way you are and you're in there with a K1 Grand Prix champion and you don't think you have the wrestling to take him down, I guess you don't have many options. So Overeem able to stay out of trouble on the ground, uh, gets the fight back to its feet, and then Olenek starts coming on the attack out of nowhere with these these club-like punches where he was just kind of swimming, swinging hammer fists in every direction, not really moving his elbow much. So I, they weren't really punches. It was like he was throwing a bowling ball, like an imaginary bowling ball at Overeem. And some of them were getting through. Overeem was shelling up a lot against the cage. Again, something I don't normally condone, but when it's a striker, the caliber of Alistair Overeem, who's been in there, you know, over 60 times uh he can get away with that sort of thing a little bit more you know he he knows how to how to roll with those punches and and shell up in a safe way and he basically was weathering the storm of Olenek caught him with a couple of big knees uh that seemed to knock the wind out of him and uh you know ended up finishing Olenek at the end of the first round um you know, the referee had to get in, jump in there and save Olenek. Uh, so, very interesting fight, the way it played out. Uh, you know, you would have thought that Olenek would be trying for a takedown. Instead, he pulls guard, and then he gets up, and he's he's swinging these clubbing punches at Overeem. And then, uh, you know, Overeem did his thing. Um, so, I, I believe he called out Alexander Volkov in his next fight. And that's an interesting one. You know, Volkov, really tall, really rangy heavyweight. Uh, I'm also looking forward to seeing Olenek back in there. Uh, he's a really interesting guy because when, when he's in there, you know, you'll see stuff that that you don't normally see. And I like that. I like that abnormality, you know. I mean, Ezekiel chokes while he's being mounted. That's, that's something that I will talk about every single time Alexei Olenek fights. Uh, he Ezekiel choked a guy who mounted him, and that's fucking crazy. If you've ever trained in in grappling in any capacity, uh, you understand what kind of a freak move that is. And it, it's not it's not like it was a fluke because he, he's done it a couple of times. That Ezekiel choke from the bottom, which again, I know I sound like a broken record for those of you who listen to the show frequently, but that's a choke that's done with a gi. You know, it's meant to use it uh, to be used with a collar. The fact that he's able to lace up his arms around a neck like that uh, is really something special and, and really something to admire. And I, I like seeing 
shit that's different, you know, because I've been watching this sport a long time. Um, it's not too often you get to see things that are out of the ordinary. So I definitely appreciate that from Alexei Olenek. Let's move on to the co-main event. Islam Makhachev uh, against the newcomer, Arman Saryukian. Uh This fight was one of the greatest displays of wrestling I have seen in a while. You know, we've seen some some one-sided wrestling clinics, but but this is um th- this fight was actually two guys who were on a pretty even plane in in terms of their wrestling ability. Obviously, we knew we knew that about Islam Makachev coming in, right? Cuz we've seen him in the UFC plenty of times. But Saryukian is new UFC debut. I didn't know too much about him. I didn't watch much tape on him, but in his, in his pre-fight interviews, he kept saying how he was going to take Islam Makachev down. And that was going to be his goal. Cause Makachev has never been taken down in the UFC. That was, that's his claim to fame. Um, it, you know, he's, he's had some, some wild submissions, some wild fights, never been taken down. So Saryukian makes it his Holy grail to take Makachev down. He gets him down in the second round. It was extremely labored. And the difference in the grappling between these two and the reason Makachev came away with the unanimous decision victory here is his grappling was much more effortless. So when he put Saryukian down, it was with trips. You know, he found the weak link in Saryukian's balance and was able to tip him over. Whereas Taryukian would grab a hold of a leg and pick it up. You know, it, it takes a lot of energy to hold a leg um, <laughs> up in the air of a guy who doesn't want you to have it. And is fighting you and pushing your head down. Uh, and and also has the takedown defense that Islam Makachev has. But Saryukian was determined to get this takedown. So he got it. He also put on, you know, one of the best grappling performances I've seen in a long time, uh, you know, because we've seen a lot of one-sided wrestling like uh, Kamaru Usman in, in every fight, um, you know, Ben Askren and in every fight before the UFC and and Khabib, but we never we rarely see fights like this where two guys uh, are so technical with their wrestling and so evenly matched uh, that they're able to just put on a technical clinic uh, in wrestling. And and this was really interesting to me as a grappler. A lot of people may have found this fight boring, but from what I read on the internet, uh, you know, people seem to really enjoy this fight, which, which is awesome. You know, maybe people just don't enjoy seeing a one-sided wrestling contest. I don't know. But when it's back and forth, maybe they like it a little more. Um, my only problem with this fight, I feel like Saryukian's... Uh, easiest path to victory in this fight would be to stand you know he had the quicker strikes he had the better footwork he had the more fluid striking but he was so caught up with hitting islam with that takedown that you know he got away from what he's better at and yeah he got the takedown but then by that third round he had nothing left in the tank you know he probably could have landed a big shot on makachev uh had he not 
put so much effort into those takedowns. And like I said, Makachev had more in the tank in the third round because his takedowns were so effortless. You know, he used some some upper body throws and some trips, uh, the path of least resistance to get Saryukian on the ground. Whereas Saryukian, when he w- got Makachev down, it was great technique, but it was much more exhausting technique. If you guys missed this fight, this is the one you got to go back and watch. I mean, the main event was great. It was kind of weird. Some strange things happened there. Uh, very unusual, as expected from Alexi Olenek. But, um, yeah, they, they, this is the fight. This is the fight from uh, Fight Night 149. Go back and watch that. So, uh, I want to real quick breeze over this card. I, I don't want to spend too much time on it because I want to get to Fight Night 150. Uh, Sergey Pavlovich uh, with a spectacular KO over Marcelo Golm. Um, you know, these two guys came out bang, and it only took a minute to end this one. So, uh, Pavlovich coming away with the knockout there. Uh, Roxanne Modafferi looked phenomenal uh, in her fight with Antonina Shevchenko. So Shevchenko obviously brought in here uh, to be a star. You know, her sister's the flyweight champion. Of course, Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, they have this fight in Russia. They bring her in against a veteran like Roxanne Modafferi. They're trying to build... Antonina up and Roxanne played spoiler Uh, you know in that first round she was getting countered a lot every time she came in Antonina was able to tag her up a little bit Uh, but she changed her game plan you know she took a different angle she took the fight to the ground where she had a clear advantage and credit to Antonina for surviving on the ground with Roxanne who is a brown belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu so uh you know, you got to give her credit for someone who is basically bills herself as strictly a stand-up fighter. Uh, I mean, she, that that's really her thing. I think uh, Valentina is much more well-rounded. You know, we've seen her get some submission wins in the past uh, over Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belts, by the way. But Antonina did a good job surviving on the ground here, but Roxanne just imposed her will. She looked great. She looked strong. She looked much stronger than uh, in, in the past, and she credits her strength and conditioning coach for this. I think that has always been a criticism of Roxanne is that she had the skills and she had the work ethic, but maybe wasn't as strong or as athletic as some of her opponents, and that would always be her downfall. I mean, she was always she would always be in the fight, uh, you know, even even in her losses, she would be there till the bitter end fighting her ass off, but, you know, maybe didn't have that, that strength edge she needed to, to put her over the top. And she had it here. She was able to, to land some beautiful, uh, trips and takedowns, um, and and just work her game on Antonina and, and beat her up on the ground. So great job by Roxanne Modafferi there. Uh, Christoph Jocko looked great. Uh, unanimous decision win. And there was one more fight I wanted to talk about. Okay, um, Magomed Mustafiev with a spinning back kick uh, knockout over uh, Rafael Fiziev. Uh, that was the opening fight on the card. Uh, go back and watch that highlight. 
but if you've been on social media in the past week, I'm sure you've seen it. Um, and then um, Marcin Tabora quietly losing on the, on the prelims. I thought that was interesting too because he, here's a guy who, you know, went to distance with Fabrizio Verdum and, and thought and a lot of people thought he would be the next big thing in the heavyweight division. And he just kind of quietly went away. And that was that. So let's move on because I'm so excited for UFC Fight Night 150. Like I said, I'm going to be there live. So uh, if any of you guys are going to be in attendance, uh, send me a tweet, send me a message on Facebook, send me an email or something. Let me know. Come say hello. We'll have a beer, and uh, we'll, we'll watch some fights together. So, BB&T Center in Sunrise, Florida. This uh, main event changed a couple of times. Neither of the guys in the main event were the ones originally billed. It was supposed to be Yoel Romero and Paulo Costa. Uh, so, Costa, I I don't know if he's... It, it's. It's yet to be seen if he's having some kind of drug test issues or it, if it's personal stuff. He got so he got flagged by the Athletic Commission in New York. He was not caught by USADA with anything. USADA is investigating whatever New York found. Costa says it's just his stomach medication that he's on. Um, I mean, if you look at the guy, it certainly doesn't look like he's taking anything illegal. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like he's built like a Brazilian superhero or anything. But in any case, Costa's out. So we needed somebody to step up. So it's going to be Jacare and Romero. Rematch. The first fight was really close. Uh, I remember Jacare having a slight advantage in that first fight. I really think Jacare won it. I remember thinking that Jacare won when the fight was over. I went back and rewatched it. I still thought Jacare uh, beat Romero. It was really close split decision. So it wasn't like a robbery. Uh, I just happened to think Jacare won. So I was excited for this rematch. Yeah, let's get Yoel and Jacare back in there. Sure. I, I, that's when I bought tickets. Uh, <laughs> when, when I found out it was going to be those two. I was, I was really excited for that rematch. I, I was excited for Romero and Costa too because... You know, they're two freaks of nature. So th that would be an interesting one. And they, you know, they've been going back and forth a little bit. But I, I was, uh, from a more technical point of view, I was more excited for Zachary and Romero. So then whatever happens with Romero, he has to pull out. So in steps Jack Hermanson on just a couple of weeks' notice. So credit to Jack Hermanson for getting in there with a killer like Jacare. But Jack Hermanson, you know, feeling confident because he's coming off some really big victories. I mean, his last three fights, he finished Talis Latis, Gerald Mearshart, and David Branch. You know, that last fight, which was, you know, just not even a month ago against David Branch um, on that uh, UFC on ESPN2 card. He had that really awesome guillotine set up. So I'm sure you guys are going to see that in the highlights uh, leading up to the uh, the marketing of this fight. Uh, hopefully they, they had time to get that into his highlight reel. Really spectacular finish over a really high-level black belt in David Branch. You know, Henzo Gracie black belt. 
uh, I've said many times, Henzo Gracie doesn't just uh, give out black belts like candy on Halloween. Uh, you, you gotta fucking earn a black belt from Henzo. Uh, I, I know this um, from Henzo Gracie black belts that I've trained with in the past. Um, so Jack Hermanson looking like he is a man on fire. And, uh, you know, Zachary, obviously one of the best submission games, my opinion, the scariest submission game in the history of the UFC, because when he grabs a hold of something, he's not just looking to tap you out. Jacare is looking to rip off a limb and take it home with him and put it on his wall as a trophy. Uh, he wants to build a trophy case of arms and legs and necks and, and keep it in his living room. So this is an outstanding fight. It, it kind of depends which Jacare shows up. You know, the Jacare who fought Chris Weidman, you know, he was getting pieced up uh, the entire fight and then explodes uh, at the last minute with, with some strikes. Um, you know, so if Jacare is, is on and Jack Hermanson isn't, you know, too worn out from taking this fight on too short notice and having fought just uh, three and a half weeks ago, uh, we're going to see a spectacular main event. As for the co-main event, uh, we don't need to talk about it. Um, I'm going to be on the beer line during that one. Uh, the real co-main event, Alex Cowboy Oliveira and Mike Perry. This is going to be a phenomenal fight. So Mike Perry, more of a brawler. Cowboy Oliveira, spectacular Muay Thai striking has shown a susceptibility to being taken down. Mike Perry is a strong wrestler. His technique, not great. But his ability to get people to the ground is great. You know, he was able to take down Cowboy Cerrone in their fight. If you guys remember that, um, it, it was a big controversy. He said, you know, his corner told him to do it. And his corner was like, why the fuck did you take him down? He's a black belt. And then he got his arm broken. So... I don't think there's a danger of Mike Perry getting his arm broken uh, against Cowboy. I think his easiest path to victory would be to take Cowboy down and beat him up on the ground. Uh, if he stands with him, I think Oliveira is just too technical on the feet. I don't think he's going to play into Mike Perry's brawling style, even though in his last fight with Yancy Medeiros, he did get into a brawl, and it was fucking epic if you guys don't remember that fight go back and watch that one if you're looking for some content uh leading up to this fight night to get excited about it um so yeah that's gonna be a great fight and then we got glover Teixeira and iwan kutilaba uh this fight is awesome this one's flying under the radar i don't know why nobody's talking about this fight so iwan kutilaba i i think one of the best prospects uh, in the light heavyweight division, 25 years old, um, and, and he just he just knocks people dead. Um, it, I don't think he's been in a boring fight, personally. Even even in his losses to uh, Misha Serkinov, Jared Cannonier, as of late, uh, you know he, he's always uh, he's always putting on exciting fights. And then Glover Teixeira is just, you know, one of the most grizzled veterans we have on the roster. He's he's always willing to get in there and put it on the line. You always know what you're going to get out of Glover Teixeira. He's going to he's going to go in there, he's going to try and make it a gritty fight. 
and he's going to be in your face and he's going to do whatever it takes to get you out of there. So, you know, we got the old school versus the new school here. We got the the young hungry lion and Kutilaba uh, against the guy in Teixeira who, you know, is is looking for his swan song. Uh, and he wants it with with Daniel Cormier, but um, unfortunately for Teixeira, I don't think that's going to happen. But I'm really looking forward to that fight. Another great fight, John Lineker and, and Corey Sanhagen. So uh, this is an interesting one because Lineker is a guy who you know was in the talks for a title shot at one point, and you know, that just kind of fizzled out. So Sanhagen... Undefeated in the UFC, uh, three-fight win streak in the UFC, five-fight win streak altogether, only one loss in his professional career, and that was a decision uh, against a guy whose whole game plan is to knock your head off. So it's going to be interesting because Sanhagen has some UFC experience, but does he have enough to avoid the crazy knockout power of John Lineker? I don't know. We're going to find out. Uh, Takashi Sato and Ben Saunders will be a fun fight. And then I believe this is on the prelims. Andre Arlovsky and Augusto Sakai. Arlovsky, man, he's he's one of my favorites of all time. Uh, he's another guy that has never really had a boring fight. And he's always been in there. And he's, he's played spoiler to some young guys coming up. And he's taken some big losses to some young guys coming up. But always shows up. He's always willing to to put it all on the line every time he gets in there. Uh, I really love watching Arlovsky fight. Uh, uh, I'm glad I'm going to get the opportunity to see him fight live. Um, I don't think I've ever seen Arlovsky live. And uh, I've been following a guy's career for a long time. So uh, I'm really looking forward to this one. Getting in there with a young guy, uh, Augusto Sakai, 12-1. and one. Okay, so... You know, they're probably looking to uh, get some young heavyweights up here. 27 years old. And his only loss a, a close split decision to Czech Congo in Bellator. This is only his second fight in the UFC. Uh, he came through Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. He had a big knockout there. Uh, and then he knocked out Chase Sherman in his last fight. So this will be a huge test for Augusto Sakai. Huge. Uh, I mean, you're getting in there with a legend in Andre Arlovsky. So, I, I'm again, I'm really looking forward to seeing Arlovsky live. Uh, you can bet my ass is going to be in the seat uh, when that fight is going on. And then we got Carlos Barza taking on the undefeated Virna Jandiroba. So, Jandiroba is a beast. Uh, so Carla Esparza, probably her biggest strength is her wrestling. Uh, we've seen that, uh, you know, proven as recently as her fight with Claudia Gedalia. However, Jandaroba is a submission machine. She's 14 and 0. And let me just pull up her record real quick because she has some crazy statistics here. All right. So she was in Invicta just submitting everybody she's only been to decision let's see twice i think yeah uh three times three decisions so all the rest of her wins submissions that's 11 submissions for you math majors out there 
So 11 submissions, 14-0, taking on the former champ, Carla Esparza. Uh, this is a fun fight. So, um, you know, grappler's delight if you, uh, if you guys are into that sort of thing. Uh, we got a couple of names that, that I don't recognize off the bat, but then the, uh, the early prelims here are, are off the charts. I, the, the fight pass prelims. So we got court McGee and Diego Lima. Uh, this is, this is a scrapper's dream fight here. Uh, these are two guys who like to get down and dirty in the cage, uh, and, and we'll do whatever it takes to win. Uh, two really scrappy guys who who may be fighting for their jobs, you know. So you're gonna see you're gonna see two guys that are definitely putting it all on the line uh, in those two. And then we got Angela Hill and Jody Esquibel on the early prelims. Uh, that should be a fun fight. We got Jim Miller on the fight pass prelims. Jim Miller, who has like a thousand UFC fights, maybe a thousand four. 1,005, something like that. He's got a lot. It's over a 1,000, I'm sure. Jim Miller on the fight pass prelims. That's fucking crazy against Jason Gonzalez. So uh, this is a, a really, really fun card, especially for a fight night. I don't know where you can watch this one. I think it's on ESPN+. Plus. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not entirely sure about that. I Guys, I follow this sport so closely. I'm reading about it every single day. I don't, I don't know where to tell you to watch it anymore. Uh, so you guys are on your own there. You got to figure that one out. ESPN Plus or ESPN Eight, the Ocho. I tried to, I tried to go back and rewatch the fights from last week on the ESPN Plus app, and uh, the only videos they had on there were in Spanish. So I watched the Spanish broadcast. Now, my Spanish is okay, but I'm definitely not fluent. Uh, my conversational Spanish is poor at best. <laughs> I, I can understand it fairly well, but, I, I mean, this is a problem. You got you to gotta be able to, to find the fights. You know, I wound up trying to go find them on YouTube, and even the, the top YouTube videos were were people posting the videos from ESPN Plus, which were in Spanish. So I, I guess I got to brush up on my Spanish if I'm going to continue to to follow the sport is all it comes down to. I mean, the the uh, the Spanish broadcast was good. It sounded, <laughs> it sounded good. It was the first time I ever listened to it. I don't know who the guys were, um, but hey, good, great job, you guys. Um, so, buen trabajo. Uh, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, man, that's it. I wanted to get a quick one in today. Sitting here drinking some coffee. You know, usually I'm sipping some whiskey or something while I'm doing this. Maybe that's why my voice is getting a little hoarse. I also don't have Jeff the Animal Wilson to save me here when my when my voice starts going out. So that's it for this week. Um, I don't know when I'm gonna get another episode in, but I'll be live tweeting from UFC Fight Night 150 from the audience. Uh, again, if you guys are there, come say hello. Come find me. Uh, I'll tweet out, you know, wh wherever I'm going to be, and and let's hang out. Let's have a beer. Let's watch some violence, and uh, we'll have a good time. So uh, reach out to me on social media, especially if you're going to be at Fight Night 150 as well. It's at MMA on the Rocks. You guys know how to get a hold of me. If you want to get a hold of Jeff the Animal Wilson, it's at Animal underscore Wilson on Twitter only. 
I've been trying to get him to start an Instagram page. Guys, let's hassle the animal and get him on fucking Instagram. I feel like I need some Instagram stories from the animal in my life. Uh, so if you guys agree, get get at him on Twitter and get him to to sign up for the Instagram so so we can have a little bit more animal in our lives. Like I said, uh, bonus content as well. So wait till the end of the theme song and I'll tack that on there. And that's a little bit fun. We we sample some uh, Blackheart Rum, the UFC edition, which we found at Lucan's Liquor Store uh, while the animal was in town. And of course, we had to pick it up because it's UFC edition. All right. That's it. I've had it with you folks. So we're going to call it here. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Again, reach out to me and let me know what you're thinking and drinking out there. Until next time, whenever that is, cheers, everybody. Goodbye. Hey guys, Bill Welger here, Jeff the Animal Wilson from MMA on the Rocks. We can call this bonus content. I don't know where it's going to go or, or what we're going to do with it, but here's the story. Jeff the Animal Wilson in town visiting Florida for the past couple days. We went out exploring some local breweries today. We stopped at the liquor store. We're taking some photos for the website. They came out beautiful. I mean, kids got a golden smile. You all know. <laughs> so we're walking up and down the aisles of the liquor store, and we spot Blackheart Rum UFC Edition. So for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see I'm holding up the bottle here. It's 93 proof spiced rum with caramel color and other natural flavors. And it's got a picture of a pirate with... I guess a denim skirt and bikini top and a pirate hat and an eye patch and she's holding a UFC ring girl card octagon card Jeff give me your initial thoughts as I crack this bottle like what do you think this has in store for us did I mention it was 10 bucks <laughs> yeah I forgot about that it is 10 bucks it's a UFC edition it seems really gimmicky. I think it's going to taste terrible, Bill. But <clears throat> let's give it a shot. Yeah, literally. So I'm pouring these out here. I'm getting like uh, a little bit of cherry on the nose here. I, I got to admit, Jeff, I'm a little bit concerned. We've been sipping on some really good stuff since you arrived here. I, I don't have high expectations, but what do you say? Should we sip it or just take it down the hatch? We can take it down the hatch, but it, it smells like cough syrup. Yeah, it does. I mean, probably has no medicinal uses, but here we go, kid. Might not have any human uses. Here we go. All right. Um, Tastes better than I thought. Yeah. It's got a little burn throughout, but <clears throat> the cherry flavor really comes through. I feel like it balances out that burn a little bit, mellows it out a little. I'm getting Robitussin. Yeah, it does taste like cough syrup. It's straight. Like the aftertaste is straight Robitussin. It's, uh, oof. Oh, man. This Blackheart UFC edition 
the bold limited release that is good till the last round. I don't know how many rounds I could last with this thing, Jeff. Um, yeah, I, could, I probably couldn't make it into the championship rounds with this. So I don't know if this is something that's easy to find or not. We found it at Lucan's Liquor Store uh, in Dunedin, Florida. And we spent some time in Dunedin yesterday. Uh, we went and had some lunch. And then today we went down and checked out some breweries. We went to Seventh Sun, which I've told you guys about on the show before. And we went to Dunedin Brewery, uh, which I'm actually wearing their shirt, this anti-prohibition shirt. You guys may have seen me wearing before. Uh, thoughts on the local brews, Jeff? Billy, I love Florida breweries. I like smaller breweries. I'm a fan of the craft. And the two beers that really stuck out to me from Seven Sun was the Bun Bar, I uh-huh. believe it's called. It was a little bit like coffee, um, a little bit more of a stout, but still... Um, not as heavy as a traditional stout, so I really enjoyed that. And the one from the Dunedin Brewery that I really liked was the Apricot. Um, you know I like a little bit of citrus with my hops, uh-huh. so it was doing the job for me. It was really good. Yeah, yeah. That that uh, I think it's a peach apricot beer they do. That's one of their flagships at Dunedin Brewery, and it's really nice. It's not too sweet, uh, which you know I like. Uh, from Seven Sun, I really like their Headbanger IPA. It's a, it's a really bold, in-your-face IPA, but they mellow out the bitterness a little bit. And it's really strong. I think it's like 7, 7.3%, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, and that's a really good IPA. And they got some other stuff, too. That they, they rotate their taps out a lot. So you go in there tomorrow again, and they will probably have something different. Uh, They've been doing a lot of sours lately. I'm not into the sours, so I can't speak on those. But if you're into sours, uh, go check those out. And uh, Dunedin Brewery, I'm trying to think what else we had. Oh, the Black IPA they had, I really liked. It was called Pink Boots. Mm. And, um, you know, black. I'm really into black IPAs. I think it's just... I, I think it's just like the visual fuckery, you know, it looks like a stout, but it tastes like an IPA. Mm. And I always kind of enjoy that, you know, unexpected flavor from it because it's so dark and it looks so rich, but then it has that IPA flavor. Oh, so I always enjoy the uh, the black IPAs. Uh, next time you come, we got to hit up the other Dunedin breweries. I mean, uh, we, we only scratch the surface. You got... Uh, CUNY, Soggy Bottom, uh, Woodwright, I think you mentioned. Yeah, Woodwright, Caledonia, and House of Beer. Mm-hmm. So we got five more. And by the way, folks, if you've never been to Dunedin, Florida, these breweries are all within walking distance of each other. And in the center of all of them is Cotherman's Distillery, where they make some awesome whiskey. And uh, they started out with vodka, and they make, like, a spicy jalapeno vodka. So if you're into, like, Bloody Marys and stuff, uh, that's the vodka to get. Um, but, yeah, man, Dunedin, Florida is, like, a mecca for a craft beer. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's if it's the water or if it's the ingredients they get down here. You know, they're able to make a lot of those citrusy beers because of all the citrus in Florida. But, uh, man, this uh, Black Heart is, is sneaking up on me, man. And I'm not enjoying the aftertaste. <laughs> it's more like Blackheart run away. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, 
for 10 bucks, I mean, I guess you can't. Yeah, I don't know what you were expecting, Bill. I knew it was going to be terrible. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I did too, but, you know, this is an MMA podcast that's based on alcohol, and this is an alcohol with UFC on the label, and it was $10. We had to try it. I mean, if you're going to listen to a podcast that's going to be forced to try this specific liquor, I mean, this is the one. I, I, I guess it wouldn't be bad if you mix it with, like, Coke or something, or um, cherry Coke probably be good because, sorry, I got that cherry robitussin flavor. I mean, it'll get you from A to B. Do a couple of shots of this. Like, I know we've been drinking beer all day, but, uh, you know, I'm starting to get the liquor sweats just sitting here. I mean, we've also been doing a lot of yard work and shit, too. So Yeah, that turf job is looking really nice. We mixed all that in. So a- any uh, any summarizing thoughts on your trip? Your third trip now to Florida since I've been living here. And, uh, I mean, this isn't a full episode or anything, but just... What's on your mind, kid? Yeah, but I always have a come. Uh, I always have a good time when I come down to see you, and you know it was nice to try some new breweries. Um, I feel like every time I'm down here, there's there's a ton of breweries to try, a bunch of new beers that I haven't had, and I love it, man. It's something new. It's something different. And like you said, you could probably head at, down to Dunedin every day for I don't know at least six months, and there's different beer for you to try every day. So that's really enjoyable. I like that I was able to help you out with with the yard work, able to to build a part of your home so that your daughter can enjoy it someday. Yeah, man, you're you're a part of my house now. Like, you you put some some blood and sweat into my yard. We laid down some turf. If you guys listened to the last episode, uh, Jeff was helping me lay down some turf in my side yard. So we'll post some pictures of that on social media. Um, encourage Jeff to get on instagram and create one because at the end of every episode i tell you guys you could follow jeff at animal underscore wilson on twitter so let's get him on the instagram too i i mean reach out and tell him you'll give him a follow immediately if he creates one we got to start this campaign to get this guy on instagram so we can uh start building this brand uh in any case i don't know where this is gonna go maybe it'll go on the next episode uh, i'll tack it on at the end uh maybe it'll be a, a special release on its own like a 10 minute shot cast we'll call it (laughs) you know um i don't know in any case reach out to us on social media subscribe leave us reviews it does help other people find the show uh you know which encourages us to drink more um and that's it i'm just being honest with you guys so uh that's it reach out on social media go to mmaontherocks.com subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms That's all the time we got. Until next time, cheers, motherfuckers. Goodbye.